coming to you live from Austin, Texas at Oscon. I'm Barton George. I'm here with... Uh, I'm Kote. And we are here with our special guest... Abby Kearns. Abby, what the heck do you do? First, thank you for coming on the show. I am the Executive Director of Cloud Foundry Foundation. So I uh, oversee the Open Source Foundation for Cloud Foundry. Cool. And you two used to work together. We did. I was keeping that a secret. <laughs> I think we collaborated on text, slides, <laughs> what the best drinks were on the fifth floor of certain buildings. Booth duty, booth I remember. Booth duty. Yeah. Booth duty. Yep. Oh, yes. Booth Back duty. in the day, booth yeah. duty. Yes. So how did your role at uh, Pivotal prepare you for what you're doing now? Well, I got to spend time with Cote. Uh-huh. That prepares you for just about anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Gives you motivation to leave. <laughs> it, uh, no, it was really, it gave me a really good taste of Cloud Foundry, the community, and the users. You know, I joined Pivotal before it became an open source project. So Cloud Foundry has only been an open source project since January of 2015. And, and it really gave me a good opportunity to not only better understand the technology and the community and the projects that are part of Cloud Foundry, but it also gave me an opportunity to understand the users. And for me, really keeping a user-centric focus is important because at the end of the day, the community is important, the developers and the platform are important, but also equally important is the users and how they're using Cloud Foundry and what they're using it to enable their own organizations. So when you talk about users, how much on the developer side have you been looking at? How much on the ops side? Where would you put your focus? Well, that is a great question, Barton. In 2017, we really decided to take a hard focus on the developer, the developer story. So for those that are coming to Cloud Foundry Summit in June 13th through 15th in sunny Santa Clara, you will hear me talk about the developers um, are the new heroes. They're the heroes of the transformation that many of these enterprise organizations are undergoing and how do we do a better job of both highlighting what they're doing and enabling them to be successful with Cloud Foundry. And so your background is, because you came in first at Cloud Foundry as the head of VP of Technology or? VP of Strategy. Okay. And then before that at Pivotal, what were you doing? I was doing um, a lot of different things. Last, I was doing basically product management for the users. So spending a lot of time as the face of the product to the users of Cloud Foundry and of Pivotal Cloud Foundry, getting a better understanding of what they were doing, why they were using it, and where their struggles were with the product. Okay. So as you said, you come at it from more of a, a user point of view, and that's your main sort of... It's been my whole career. Well, there you go. Our Kote, now you asked some questions. I know you're going to sure. monopolize it anyway, so well, let's start I, I, it now. I, I was only thinking, well, we can keep it short, but just one question. Like, so, uh, as, as I often think, one of the things that's interesting about the Cloud Foundry Foundation is there's a lot of, like, I don't know what you call them, end users, not software vendors who, who are involved. And, like, what's your, what's your experience of, like, one, what they're interested in, and then, like, what they end up doing? Like what, and I ask this because in all of the years of open source stuff I've ever followed, and I guess we're at OSCON, it's always been a dream that the end users would get involved and complete the arc of Richard Stallman's like idea of controlling your source code, but they never really have seemed to show up. And so like this is, seems to be an instance where uh, they are showing up. And so like what, uh, what, what's their involvement? Like what are these organizations doing? I think they're just starting to get their feet wet. I mean, for many organizations, the, the idea of open source is powerful because they're in the midst of transforming the organizations. They're becoming software-centered. They're really starting to take software and technology seriously. It's becoming strategic for them. And so with open source, they're able to leverage that 
um, and take a much more ventral neutral approach. So they have an opportunity to move or port to something else. But two, they can also contribute back to the upstream in order to pull in feature functionality that they like to see. So yeah. they can, they're not only you know on the receiving end of the technology and using it strategically and in new ways, but they're now contributing back um, and really building a virtuous cycle of participating in where that technology is going. Yeah, and do you, do you think, this is something I encounter a lot is, or at least in my mind I encounter, people don't verbalize this a lot, but they're, they're sort of like, they're a little like shaky on sharing their findings of how to do all this infrastructure stuff. Yeah. And, and I'm often trying to encourage them like, like, I remember I was at some conference and someone from a big hardware store came up to me and was like, thanks for that other hardware store, like, talking about how they do all of their stuff. And, and I was thinking, like, yeah, but that's not really going to help you, right? Like, being able to provision your servers faster isn't really, like, if that's how you're going to succeed at business, you've got bigger problems. And so, like, like do, do you encounter that notion of, like, we don't want to share what we're doing at the infrastructure level, or is that thawing some, or what's, what's your sense for that? I think I'm starting to see some of the, you know, the walls around that break part. I mean, for many years, and I've been in tech 20 years now, and for a long time it was all, I'm a unique snowflake, everything I do is proprietary, I'm not gonna share anything including what data center I use, what kind of racks right. I use, right? Um, and I think more and more users are really understanding that that is not differentiating, no one cares. Yeah. It's what's differentiating what's unique and what you should really think about as proprietary is going to be the applications that are top of that, that really, you know, take your business in new directions. And and so that really lets people relax a little bit and say, hey, I think I'd like to share a little bit of pro tips on, with other with other users to say, hey, this is what worked for me, you should try this, or hey, this is the approach we've taken. So I've seen a lot more open kimono around the approaches and lessons learned. Um, but one of the things I also advocate, particularly with the open source as an open source foundation, is for all of these companies that are becoming software companies, and we've talked in our last podcast we talked about the skills gap yeah, yeah, and how so. there's not enough people right. and, and you know there is a it's growing and, and I think we've heard it from many users that like Express Scripts is going to hire a thousand people this year we keep hearing those big numbers from these large companies and as I think about trying to hire and you're trying to hire developers and um, where there's already a shortage if you're a company trying to hire people you're a company that's trying to change the best way to do that is talk more about what you do. Get on every stage yeah. you can. Do every press interview you can. Because that not only tells um, your shareholders or stakeholders or people that are investing in you and using you the great things you're doing internally, but it's also in a, a great way to appeal to talent, to bring in new talent. So I, I am continuously advocating that as, as one of the aspects of change. When you're trying to become a technology company, talk about what you do as yeah. much as you possibly can. I want to follow on what you're saying yeah, and yeah. talk about sharing knowledge with, with users. Now you all, and I forget the exact terminology of how you are uh, affiliated with the Linux Foundation, what the, the term is, but how, to what extent are you also doing knowledge sharing within the other projects, like looking to the CNCF or um, Hyperledger or whatever, that you all do knowledge sharing on, on community development and technological practices. Yeah, we are. So Cloud Foundry Foundation is a distributed or a collaborative project underneath the Linux Foundation. Okay. And so what that means is we are part of the Linux Foundation family, but we are a separate legal entity. Um, and what is really great about that is there are 60 projects underneath the Linux Foundation. Uh, and Jim Zinman, who runs the Linux Foundation, has done an amazing job 
to really build out a structure um, that allows us to share and leverage best practices and a framework and capabilities without having to recreate those every single time, which is the value of being part of the larger Linux Foundation. Um, and we do spend a lot of time talking to our other sister projects, you know, the Cloud Native Computing Foundation, OCI, Hyperledger, um, including Node and JS and even Automotive Grade Linux. I mean, there's so many projects that are, are part of Linux Foundation that it's, you know, that would be remiss of us to not share that knowledge in an open source community. Yeah. So do you have something actually formal like the retreat that you have where you all get together and give presentations so and things and like that? We like do. That. There's campfire a retreat. And, we have know. campfires. There's some Singing trust open falls. source songs and yeah. Yeah, there's some kumbaya. There's a little bit of a campfire. They don't like those in the office anymore. So no. we had to go outside. Um, Probably has a bad smell. No, you know, Jim does a really great job of, of pulling uh, everyone together once a quarter and really, you know, kind of forcing hard conversations and learn, lessons learned. And everyone, you know, all the other executive directors are amazing and being pretty open kimono about sharing lessons learned and ideas. In fact, there's one of them right there, the esteemed Brian Bellendorf. Learning is, lessons as he walks. <laughs> he is bestowing wisdom. That's right. Brian. <laughs> as, one, as one does. So I'll, 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 uh, I'll, I'll only ask one question. Well, I, I know, but I, it, whatever. Well, okay, maybe I'll... We'll start with one, see how that goes, and if it goes well... Well, yeah, no, yeah, it's too open. So, here's a question I like to ask people every now and then. On any topic, never mind uh, all this stuff here. Like, is, is, there, is there, like, some, some talk you would want to give that you have just, like, a vague notion of? And, like, what, what would that talk be? Like, you know, like, sometimes I'm walking around, and I think, like, oh, this would be an interesting talk, and then I forget it. But hopefully you don't forget it. Like, what, what would, uh, let's do a little well, let's whiteboard Well, give an here. example to help Abby. Uh, like, uh, what, what's an example? Uh, I was thinking, uh, it was, it was of course, a counterintuitive thing. Hold on, I gotta think about it. It was, oh, it was a combination of the, uh, there's, there's the principle of least interest, which says in any relationship, whoever's the least interested holds the most power. I'm and sorry, then, what? Like, like, think about <laughs> it. If, if, See Martin, what I did there? Martin, they, Martin nodded off. Yeah, you know, like, you know, you have two people. Uh, it's a power grab. Two, two, yeah, that's a joke. Anyways, <laughs> and then and then there's this other thing I read in the Google SRE book, which is like, you should never like deliver a hundred percent service because then people will depend on it, and when failure happens, you'll get in trouble. So always basically pad your availability. Oh, like, I like that. Set ma- the bar it, low and then yeah, right yeah, over it. Isn't that right. what you always used to tell me, Kote? Uh, yes, that, that's my professional <laughs> advice to everyone. Or, or to summarize it, as it says on Bukowski's headstone, don't try. So like, I think that would be an interesting little five to thirty minute talk about like how this this kind of uh, how to set the bar this, low. this approach kind of like it not only will allow you to have happiness as in life, but the people who depend on you. Because they're not like over depending on you, they'll be more resilient on their own. It's a path to And we do this a multidisciplinarian thing. So in other words, sure. Microservices in your life. Yeah. You're not just talking about tech though, right? You're talking about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's I, something I, about it, the, life, the lifestyle chaos monkey. Yeah, just, just like, it's just, it's just like a, it's just like a metaphor for like, I don't know, it's not even a metaphor. I like that. You that's my, that assimilate. that's my whole point. So like, that's a vague notion of a talk that I have in my head. Do I'm I have sure. any? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, they'll give us one. That's not, um, not too embarrassing. No, no, it's not too embarrassing. <laughs> well, all right, all right, so I won't tell you that one then. Um, let's and that see. one's off the list, too. Uh, um. Hold on, going down the list, which ones are not embarrassing? Okay, yeah. okay, you can tell us the embarrassing ones. I'll give you permission. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, like, what I was just ranting about, which is, you know, organizations don't talk enough about what they do. I think I would give a talk just on, hey, if you're trying to change your organization or trying to change your culture, 
talk about it. Like, oh, yeah. ad nauseum, talk about it. And, and I think that is, I would just give a talk just on that. In fact, I've been thinking about writing a, a post on that because I don't think people understand this, that if I, you know, people are used to keeping their information proprietary and secret and we're, gonna not, you know, we're not going to share what we do. But if I've learned anything from Retros of Pivotal, yeah. you know, share, share often and really talk about what you're doing and both your successes as well as your failures because we're at such a, a, an interesting point in the technology evolution. It is, technology is changing faster than I think anyone can keep up. And we know that users are definitely not keeping up. And we are failing you know, them as a, an industry by not really doing a good job of coming together and communicating effectively what is changing and why, what does all of these things mean. And so for them, I'd ask the users to really do a good job of one, pushing us as an industry to speak up more and, and give a better narrative around what we're doing. But yeah. then also for them, they really talk about their failings and what's worked and what's not so that we all have an opportunity to learn from that. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, I, I think there's like, in, in my standard stump speech, there's like a little three-minute part where I'm like, you should do more internal marketing. Next slide. And, you know, I don't The details of that would be uh, yeah. really useful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's some good obvious examples. Like I was up at uh, Verizon. They do these like DevOps events and, you know, they get everyone together and they have like a mini DevOps day. It's a little, yeah, the Baskin Ridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think they're not, there's some trademark, they can't call it a DevOps stage or whatever, but whatever. And it is like, it's a good example of just like spreading that knowledge. But I mean, what you're talking about is a lot more interesting and it's more detailed of like, here's the, like, here's the good examples and actually like tactical stuff to go over and, and also just encouraging people to do it. With, you know. I, I think it's something they struggle with and I, you know, I can't tell you how many times I hear from from users that are like, hey, I'd like to really talk to this press, or I'd like to really talk about this, but uh, I get blocked by my comms team, or I'm blocked yeah, by yeah, PR yeah. or legal, yeah. which I know you hear this too, and, and you know, my advice back to them is fight that battle now. Yeah. Fight it, because this will be a limiter for you in the, you know, in the long term. If you are trying to hire talent quickly, you need to be able to talk about what you're doing. That would be good. Then you could go on the uh, PR conference circuit. That's where you would really, you would want to talk to them in their industry group. And be like, remember all that Web 2.0 stuff we were supposed to share and everything? You got some of that right. But now let's expand that to like some deeper stuff about, about how you do things. Well, I think it's, I mean, it's interesting that balance you have, as you say, talking publicly, whether it's social media or actually going out and giving talks is letting people be free and saying what they, what they want at the same time being afraid that certain people may not, um, they may say the wrong things or things that will get the company in, in a bad light. But I know... Sure. It's, it's, it will happen. I mean, but that's but yeah. So I think what we had. So when I was at Sun back in the day, that was basically a social media policy of don't be stupid. So we will let everyone go out and talk. We'll take, we'll assume that everyone are adults. Was there a definition around stupid? I I don't know. I think, yeah, no. I think, far, there was there was a that's uh, part of the beauty. <laughs> I, I think I think Jonathan Schwartz. Yeah. He he actually had one blog entry that was kind of like here's our our guidelines, and I think it was maybe like 15 points. But it was still pretty left up to interpretation, which yeah. that way didn't. And you, it, it was kind of defining stupid, right? right? And saying, like, double, don't, a double don't click do on stupid. <laughs> when I remember one, when he came in to talk to our group, he asked how many people here are blogging, and a couple of us raised our hands, and he said everybody here should be blogging. And I think that was just. See, that's where I'm saying, right there. Everybody yeah. should well, be blogging. Well, no, it, exactly, because I mean, it, it gets the knowledge out. It helps to humanize, and I know also we were self-policing in that there was an um, internal blog that we could give hints and whatnot, and there was one 
blogger who publicly said something bad about a competitor, and everybody internally jumped all over him and said, not cool, this is not the way we do it, etc. And so, it, once again, self-policing, we sort of righted the, the ship from inside. So. As a good friend of mine always says, keep it classy. That's yeah, right. with, a, with a K. Classy. Thank you, everybody, for joining us here today at OSCON in Austin, Texas. Once again, I'm Barton George. Uh, yeah, I'm Kotek. And we and have Abby had the Kearns. distinct pleasure of talking to Ms. Abby Kearns. Yeah.